0: got to break the seal and get out there and, and just do it get you involved must
1: to, you must have to go to the bathroom now to use that
0: hey everyone thanks again for tuning back in into another episode of let's talk turtles my name is ryan dumas and today we have a special treat for you Tom Arbor, Anthony Pierleone, and myself are going to be discussing the TTPG conference uh, from a variety of different perspectives here. And it's important to us Colonian keepers in the hobby. So kick back and enjoy our conversation as we talk a little bit about everything. All right. Thanks again. Thank you guys again for coming to meet us and are coming to meet us digitally and uh, i'm here with uh, tom arbor and anthony pierleoni and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the ttpg and just a little update about myself i did not go nor have i ever been however i am an active ttpg member i'm a big advocate for this type of group and uh, i want to hear personally about the conference itself and we have two different perspectives uh to discuss today so guys if you want to. I gave you a a crap introduction there, but if you want to give yourselves a nice formal introduction, go for it. (laughs) That
1: sounds good. I'm deferring
0: to you, Tom. You're first.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. It's nice to be back and to talk about Phoenix. Um, The climate is great there in November, you know, like high of 70 degrees, and it's just nice to go somewhere sunny and talk about turtles for five days. You can't beat it.
1: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I look forward to going every single year, and um, I'm not always able to make that happen. I think I average about every third or fourth year that I'm able to actually get my butt down there. And the pandemic certainly didn't help either with that. But uh, it's it's incredible. If you listen to Jeremy Thompson on um, – on the Animals at Home podcast recently, he must have brought up the TTPG like 15 times or maybe even more again and again and again. And and I just, as I'm listening, I'm like, yeah, it's so cool to just hear how Jeremy feels about this because I feel the same way. And the TTPG really is an incredibly inviting atmosphere that also includes some absolute legends, to use his word, legends in in the world that, that we live in. So it's great.
0: It seems like such a great organization or our, our club membership. I'm not sure exactly exactly what it is. The group, preservation group, but um it's all in the title. It's not excluding anybody. It doesn't seem it's just like this is about the preservation of turtles and tortoises. It doesn't matter if you work at a zoo, it doesn't matter if you just keep stuff at home, it doesn't matter if you're an academic, it's trying to wrap all these things together so we can move towards one common goal. So that it just seems so cool to me. Um hopefully I'll make it out there next year, but uh, you guys, how many have you been to? How many conferences have you made out Arizona to catch it?
2: So this was my second one. I went in 2019 and that's where I met Jeremy Thompson and the rest of the founders of the Connexus Working Group. And I I wish I could go every year, but the the pandemic really, yeah, definitely um, put a damper on that. But I'm going to try to go as much as I can.
1: I, this was my third. I, I went in 2015 and spoke, and then again in 2018 and, and spoke, uh, which was a wonderful, which it was wonderful to be able to speak there. And I, I think if anyone is is looking to kind of take their love of Turtles and the work that we do kind of individually to the next level, I think speaking at the TTPG and then also publishing an article in the Battager are two really uh wonderful ways to kind of prove how serious you are about this and kind of challenge yourself to get to the next level i could still remember in 2014 the first time i wrote for the badger the excitement that 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 brought me and then speaking in 2015 and it, I, I made a comment at that point that um i had so many man crushes that were actualized in that moment because it was, i was basically looking out at this room of of people mostly men i mean unfortunately our, uh, our field of interest is dominated by men. Um, and uh, I had to make a joke about it. And then Bill McCord came up to me afterwards and it was the first conversation we ever had. And he said, uh, so you got a lot of man crushes, huh? And, like that was just the coolest <laughs> thing for me to, to actually connect with him on that. But, but it's, it's a wonderful thing for, for, you know, for all those reasons. And, and if I could go every year, I would. Uh, and, and, you know, we could probably, I'll probably bring this up later, but I, I wasn't very excited about going this year. I was kind of down about it. Um, I had a lot going on. And then there there were some other reasons that I'll probably mention later, but I ended up having an absolutely wonderful time for several different reasons, uh, including being able to meet Tom and his son. So uh, it's a, it's a great thing. And uh, I'd recommend
0: it to anybody. That's great. I remember having a discussion with Tom in our last um in our interview together and in this last podcast we had where uh anytime I go to something like this, um, I just get like, you know, the juices get flowing, you get rejuvenated, uh, whether it's just meeting people or getting new ideas or just remembering like why you like turtles and tortoises so much. Um, how did you guys come away from was there like a an overarching thing that kind of just enveloped you to, to get Jazzercise on this one or was there a, was there a particular interaction you had or something that you what's something you took away that made you feel uh, amped up if, Tom if you want to go first
1: sure
2: yeah for me I think it was seeing the difference and and how far I've come in keeping turtles and tortoises since my first meeting um, I hadn't hatched any turtle or tortoise in my life. In 2019, when I went to that first meeting and seeing and meeting and talking to the people that are so intensely interested in turtles and tortoises and reproducing them and learning really what it takes that level of intensity that level of husbandry and that level of care that is required to successfully breed turtles and tortoises it it was a bit overwhelming in 2019 and so i parlayed that into my own turtle and tortoise keeping so this year what i i felt more like i was one of uh the 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 real players in, in turtle and in tortoise world. Um, and I wasn't such a poser, you know, or a wannabe. Um, I, I really was able to see how far I've come. And really for me now, it's about sharing that knowledge to other people and getting more people interested in breeding turtles and tortoises, working together, working specifically with species groups. We got to see a a great set of talks with people that are collaborating in the private sector on Galapagos tortoises. So just encouraging more people to do that, really focus on, on species and work together across private keepers for me that that was my big takeaway and that's going to be my direction as i go forward
1: yeah for me i think the biggest the thing i love the most is is the opportunity just to network and mingle with everybody but i'm i'm the one who is standing out in the lobby and they're like trying to to drag me back into the area where the talks are going on. and i really love the talks it's not that i don't love them i want to see every single talk and i do Um, I just find myself like there's not enough time in the day to connect like in a meaningful way with all the people that I want to connect with. So there's like different levels, right? There's like a handshake and a quick conversation is, is the very least that I want to get with the people on my hit list. And the hit list is very long. And Tom, you were on that list this year when you told me that you were going. Uh, and then there's the next level, which is like, can we have an actual meaningful conversation, like sit down and eat a meal together or be in the car together on the way to some place that we end up going or, or something like that. Um, and, and just trying to, to do as much of that as possible, but then always, you know, leaving some of those opportunities on the table, not actually being able to make them happen. So like, as an example, we were at, uh, we were at the conference and I'm with Bob Kraus this amazing Pixis breeder and, and, you know, like a, a legend. Right. And uh, he asked me, you want to go get some dinner? And I'm like, yes, I want to go get some dinner. And we're standing there and like 20 seconds later, Bill McCord sitting in front of us and he turns back and he's like, Anthony, you want to come with us to dinner? And I was like, yeah, I want to come to dinner. <laughs> so like, and they weren't going to dinner together. So uh, I went with Bob and then I thought, you know, I'm going to hang out with Bob and Ty Park. And Ralph for a few minutes, and then uh, I was with uh, my buddy Mark, uh, Da Silva, and, and we were having dinner with with Bob and that crew. And then it was like fifty minutes, five zero minutes into the the conversation. And I'm like, "All right, Mark, let's go and let's go and catch up with with Bill McCord because he also invited us into there." So we're like trying to move around, like we've got a bunch of holiday parties to get to or something, so that we can like. Say hello to everyone but by the time we got to the thai restaurant where, where bill said he was going it was closed and they ended up going somewhere else so um we just went right back to the place where bob was but that, that's an example of one that like didn't happen that I, I really wanted to catch up with him and and have dinner but that didn't work out so uh that i find myself leaving and thinking wow that was really uh energizing but then at the same time i wish i wish there was more time i wish i was there for longer
0: i think that's probably a common sentiment in a lot of these conferences where you just. You know, you're you're immersed in your passion. Um, s- think you didn't get to hit that second dinner for a number of reasons, right? Like you had a double dinner, you're like, Yeah, all right. Exactly. I'm either gonna order
1: two entrees at one place or let me go to two places, and I'll get an entree at each of them. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Tom, I would love to hear a little more perspective because Tom, you brought your son Weston um yeah. to the conference and um as a father well we're all fathers as a father i think that sounds so like i get so excited when either my kids wants to like see the turtles usually they just want to spray them it's like misting day like oh let me spray them i'll just spray it but and and that gets me riled up but i can't imagine how fun it must have been to like for your your offspring to be super excited and go across the country with you to a conference all about these things that you're passionate about
2: yeah you know, it, it's something that we've been talking about for years, really several years, even before I went in 2019. And figuring out the right age and the right kid or the group of kids was definitely something we gave a lot of thought to. And we, we actually thought about making it a family trip. And in the end, it just was too hard to get everybody out there, but you know Weston's my oldest and he he's 13 and school has been really challenging for him, uh, especially during the pandemic, Um, it, it. him and and my middle child it was tough i mean i i'm I'm, it changed our lives uh we moved because of it um and, and in the end weston is is being homeschooled by uh my wife megan so this was the opportunity to be like hey man this can be your science class for five days we can go there and learn as much about turtles and tortoises from you know, the best keepers in the country. Um, and so just the fact that it could be his science class for five days because he's being homeschooled is just amazing. Right. Um, I I couldn't just take my other kids out of, out of school for that time. So we went and he loves my turtles. He Forms these emotional bonds with him, right? Much more so than I do. And that's really his interest. He found some up paying attention for eight hours. Some of the talks, which were the same talks that, you know, I didn't think were quite as good as some of the other ones. Yeah, he got a little bit bored. But overall, 13 years old, he was able to pay attention, and he, he learned a lot, and it was just a great experience for the both of us. So I would kind of say that 12, 13-year age is, is about the right age, at least, you know, for me to, to start thinking about bringing your kid.
1: And one of the things they do every, every year is actually all scholarships. It's not attended by students, high school students, but it is friendly to them, and uh, it's not like your type of conference, like uh, the the one that the TSA and and um, other organizations, excuse me, put on, where it's very academic and and very you know next level in that way. This conference is very inviting. It's very kind of layman's terms. Here's what I did. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Uh, and even the stuff that gets a little more in depth is still, you know, uh, friendly to that audience. So I think if I was going to bring my kids to a conference, it would be TTPG all the way.
2: Yeah. And, and he loved it. It feels more like a family. Right. Or or kind of like a, just like Anthony was saying, you you kind of plan out who you're going to talk to and when. Uh, because Weston appears in the videos, a lot of our videos so many people went right up to weston and introduced themselves and it was it was just fantastic he got to meet so many people he totally felt included and he had a blast he had a blast
0: that's wonderful speaks volumes for this community of reptile keepers it really does Um, that might not happen in in all aspects of herpetoculture
2: yeah, you know, Ryan, sure. I don't know that there's any other group of herpetoculturists that has a conference, right? Is, is there a snake keepers conference or a, a lizard keepers conference? I just don't think that exists in in the other realms. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about turtles is that we have this group of turtle keepers. That's like you said, it does not matter what aspect of turtle care you're involved with professionally, privately, academic. uh, You can gain something from being at this conference, networking with other people and taking in the talks.
0: I think that's a great point to make. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they have conferences, but they're all uh, centered around uh, a reptile show. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's generally centered around trying to make some money, and which isn't a bad thing again. But um, the TTPG conference seems solely centered around meeting, uh, networking, and sharing information, um, just so everybody has an opportunity to advance and what in whatever way they can. And, I, and that is such a cool thing to to actually have. And uh, I didn't even think about the fact that it's just turtles and tortoises that really have that kind of. Um, you know national kind of program uh, so but the you know the turtle turtle and tortoises are way ahead of um the other groups of reptiles in how they um network and, and work between groups as well uh just coming from the zoo zoo side of things there's a lot more uh turtles and tortoises in private hands owned by zoos and and vice versa um than any other reptile um taxa that uh that I can see And I think that's just a testament to the, usually the types of people that are involved working with turtles and tortoises and seeing things like a TTBG conference where people are sharing that kind of information is definitely encouraging for a larger entity, like a zoological facility to maintain that trust and, and help propagate those relationships. Because when it's all said and done, it is supposed to be about the animal, not about, uh, you know, publicity or, uh, or perception. So that's our little soapbox right there. Uh, um. So, as a as a zoo guy, I uh, have to ask, how was the field trip? We went to the Phoenix Zoo.
2: Yeah, Anthony, you weren't you hadn't arrived yet for that, right?
1: Correct. I was. Uh, yeah, I was fashionably late.
2: Yeah. So the the field trips are great. Um, James Hall is a member of TTPG and we're at the Phoenix Zoo, so he was our host. And it was a long day for Weston. Uh, we had to break away from the group to kind of do our own thing, but um, during a lot of it. But you know, for me, the, the memorable moment was being able to interact with these giant tortoises, right? They have both Galaps and Aldabras there and uh they they just literally opened up the gates in fact weston broke away and took a video of about 50 people standing in the galapagos tortoise enclosure <laughs> and he said hey look this is the human enclosure this is the, the tortoise enclosure um so yeah just interacting with them man those animals are so awesome um they have quite a few reptiles there it's a really nice zoo it's not gigantic. It's not tiny. It's just right. You can see a lot of things. in the same day, you know, 70 degrees, maybe 68 degrees, perfect weather, sunshine, hardly any humidity. How can you beat that?
0: <laughs> I've got some friends at the Phoenix Zoo. And uh, I, I like that place a lot. So it's always good to hear. Um, I always likened uh, Galapagos tortoises and probably any of the uh, giant tortoises when they're bigger to like zombies. You know they're very slow they're very mechanical and they're very stubborn very dedicated to where they're gonna go yeah um <laughs> just makes like very it food
1: motivated yeah yeah sure.
0: and yeah i mean incredibly food motivated <laughs> or non-food motivated that they think is food anything <laughs> is food to a galop i've had much yeah. more experience with galops than with aldabras but anything that's a nice stick to eat sticks
2: yeah weston is a he's a, a a big kid right so he kind of plopped himself down with a carrot and I, there was a time where I thought he was totally going to get run over by the, the globs. Um, we, we kind of mitigated, but, um, they are interactive animals.
0: That would have made for some great, uh, YouTube content. Huh? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and it was funny because Child he ran was over
0: by giant tortoise.
2: Yeah. He was doing these little videos and I would be like, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And then Michael, um, T, as I like to call him, he's like, oh, Tom, that would make a wonderful video. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to uh, get us in... I tr- um, wanted to be respectful of of the zoo and, and just the freedom they they showed to us to interact with these animals. It was right.
1: awesome. Don't want to mess it up for next time. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. Um, and hey, I mean, going. we had... 50 60 people you know all crowded around these giant tortoises it was pretty cool it was really
0: cool anthony how long have you been a member of ttpg and do you remember like when you first discovered it and how did you first discover it
1: yeah interesting you ask i i had a an, an interesting first moment at the daytona reptile expo with um with Russ Gurley and the Fife brothers. And um, that was the first time I met a lot of really important people uh, in in my life in terms of people that I look up to a lot. Paul Vandershow, Chris Hagen, there were a lot of really big turtle names there for this, for this turtle night at Daytona. And uh, at that point, I think they had had their first conference. They had the first issue of the Batiger out. And I had reached out to Russ several times about trying to get uh, the first issue of the Badger, but he ended up responding to my wife. And when we were there, we had a really good conversation with him about like marriage and that sort of thing, because uh, my wife and I were engaged at that point, uh, relatively freshly engaged. And uh, it was just a really special trip uh, and special moment there. And from that point, that's when I was first introduced to, to the TTPG. And that's when I first, if if my memory serves, and I'm sure, I'm not the most organized person, so I definitely haven't like kept my membership throughout all the years and that sort of thing. So uh, I I think I'd be lying if I said I've been a membership a member since then, but I have been a member since then, with probably some intermittent lapses here and there. And same thing for the TSA and and other things, but um, yeah, it was it was then, and really it was that book, that book that Russ published keeping and breeding freshwater turtles. And uh, we did a a video for the turtle room back when I used to make YouTube videos like 10 years ago. Please don't go back and look at those. Uh, And I, um, (laughs) I, uh, I, I asked a bunch of people on the video, like why turtles and what was like an influential moment, something about something like that. And there were several people that all without talking to each other, each other said, that Russ Gurley's book changed their lives because it wasn't just here's you know a field guide or here's a book that talks about the natural history. Here is a book for breeders talking about how to breed these animals because it's important to breed these animals. Uh, you know there it, there aren't a lot of species, but there are several species that would not be around if not for uh, private breeding. So. Um, like McCord's box turtle. I mean, we might not even know what McCord's box turtle was or have it on anybody's radar if it wasn't being bred. So, anyway, to answer your question, 2011, uh, Daytona, and uh, being able to meet them. And they're so nice, right? They're busy and everything. But when you can actually get them and nail them down for a minute, they're just the nicest people. And they just want what's best for the animals. And they just want to collaborate with people who they can trust and, and respect.
0: You got to respect the heck out of that, man. I love right? it. That's one of the things that's so cool about turtles and tortoises.
1: Yeah. And I'll say like for this year, so in 2015, being able to talk and then hanging out with Marcus Oyer, who's the, the um, editor of, of Radiata, the journal from Germany, being able to hang out with him in 2015 and we're both G.O.E. Mida breeders and, and to be able to connect with him and, and really have a really strong friendship come out of that He came and visited one time, uh, came to the U.S. and and we went out looking for like Northeastern turtles and stuff. He was able to show them around. Uh, That was kind of the highlight of 2015. In addition to talking uh, and being nervous about that, 2018, Chris Leone came out with me. So we kind of went as a pair, which if you've ever seen us together is really funny because he's like four foot two and I'm like seven foot two and we (laughs) hang out together and two Italian guys on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, so that was really fun and, and Charlie Morcroft was with us and things that was a great a great year uh, and then this year was the year and I, I mentioned that earlier too and I'll, I'll just say it I, I wrote an article for the badger that got lost in translation that I sent in so early I sent it in like when the badger the year before was being published so it got like lost and it didn't get published and I was feeling really bad about myself this is not anyone's fault because if anyone was going to drop the ball and something like that it would be me so I'm not I just felt a certain way like for me, going there is, is a, it's an opportunity. It's, it's a, it's an, it's even past an opportunity for me. It's an obligation. And I put this pressure on myself. Like if I'm going there, I've got to talk. I better have an article in the Badger. I better shake hands with everyone I have to shake hands with. Like I really take it seriously. I'm the first one up in the morning down at breakfast. I'm the last one leaving the sports bar at, at night because I want to talk to everyone. And this year I wrote that article. It didn't get published. And then I also sent my name in to speak and it got lost in in that as well. And then, so then I reached out again afterwards when I saw the speaker list come out and I wasn't on it, I said, you know, I'd like to talk and they said, okay, well, usually people drop out, So you'll, you'll end up talking, but usually someone drops out and nobody dropped out. So it was like, I was going there like, oh God, why, why am I even going to this? And I ended up having such a wonderful
0: time. Kind of takes the pressure off a little bit
1: yeah i i don't know there's still pressure because now i'm feeling bad like i'm i messed something up i don't know i'm weird i'm i'm definitely weird like i love i i don't just write because i love it that's part of it but i do it because i want to keep the content out there so that i'm like i feel like i'm i mean it's turtles take it easy
0: so as a, um, it sounds like the TTPG conference, that's really hard to say real quick and we say it a lot, but it sounds like this conference um, is open to just anybody who's involved. Um, it, would you, it sounds like it, would you guys consider this a great opportunity for someone who's brand new or is it something that you would take the plunge and head out out there and meet some people?
2: I say, take the plunge. Um, you know, I, I would like to see it grow. And, you know, as new faces are great, it's, it's wonderful to introduce yourself to new people and learn about what they're doing, right? Because um, new fresh eyes, right, can contribute a lot. And I think that's real important to, to have uh, new speakers, new attendees, and um, we don't want to get stagnant.
1: I, um, I'll, I'll tell the story of, of I mentioned Mark Da Silva, that he was the one who I said, come on, come with me. And when we went from Bob Kraus to try to go to the second dinner with with Bill McCord. And uh, he's a friend of mine from up here, from up north. He's from Massachusetts, but near the Connecticut line. So he's been to my house a few times. And he's actually the um, uh, like the, the northeast rep for Zilla and, you know, goes to the pet stores and everything. like like Zoo Med has their reps that are always there. He's the rep for Zilla. And uh, what a wonderful guy, he's been in the pet trade for like 30 years, uh, we used to run a pet store years ago. He actually worked for Bob Krause way back when, when, uh, when he lived in, in the Midwest and uh, great, great guy. And he was at my house, maybe like two weeks before the conference And I was mentioning TTPG because that's just a conference that you tell people about, everybody, you know, if you can tell someone about it, tell them because it really is inviting and and it is, you know, a good opportunity for anybody. And he's not the most knowledgeable turtle person, although he tries, he's very detail oriented. He knows a lot about plants, a lot about fish and knows a little bit about turtles. He's had like a fly river turtle for like 20 years and but but beyond, and then has some Russian tortoises for a couple of years, but beyond that, hasn't really kept anything and, and isn't, you know, doesn't know all the scientific names yet and everything, but he's, so he's a good person with, you know, good head on his shoulders, but has a ton to learn in the turtle world and didn't even know the TTPG conference existed until I told him about it. Two weeks later, he's on a plane on his way to this conference and he had the time of his life. I mean, he was He was right there with us the whole time first one up in the morning staying until the until the wee hours of the morning hanging out, you know, meeting people and, you know, uh, some of those conversations that we have are just priceless like I can't even tell you, you know, I I sat down at the sports bar for a couple hours with Paul Vandershout I wouldn't I wouldn't trade anything for that that was awesome uh and anyway you know mark is still talking about it he couldn't even say he was like the tpg conference was great you know he he did, but he just had the time of his life and you know it, it wouldn't have gone that way if it were another more academic conference that's for sure
0: yeah i think you that's a great point that's a great point and and i agree i think you have to share this there's not like it's not like there's a ton of opportunities at least in my professional um life there are typically quite a few opportunities throughout the year where you have those get-togethers and um it's always zoo related for me but it's not like there's a ton of these things happening every year for uh for hobbyists and and private keepers and it's it's important say hi to people I think Tom didn't it, it led to matching up uh some tortoises for you that really needed to to try to find a pair and um I'm sure you're not the only one that's happened to it's just really important stuff i keep making it sound so serious and i'm not that serious of a person um i just i'm just very passionate about making sure the private hobby is involved and i just love the way that turtles and tortoise uh keepers kind of are involved um in every aspect so
1: i'll take that story just like uh, one step further if you don't mind a lot of people are especially some of the old timers and ralph till won't mind me calling him an old timer but they're particular in the way they do things and and they rely heavily on, on their relationships. And sometimes it could be tough when you're newer and you're coming in and you want to kind of connect with those people and show like, hey, I'm serious. I'm dedicated to this. I've dedicated a whole room or a whole basement or a whole yard or whatever to doing this the right way. And I'm, and I'm in it for the long haul uh, because sometimes they have some of the stuff that's really tough to, to get and they're looking for people that they can trust. And Ralph is a good example because, he'll ask me all the time about people and, Hey, do you know this person who reached out? Hey, do you know this person? And then every once in a while, someone will reach out to me and say, Hey, can you talk to Ralph for me? Because Ralph is like, I, for lack, just to use a Seinfeld reference, like the soup Nazi and that he, he doesn't like <laughs> no Egyptians for you, man, if you're not doing it right. And, and he really sticks to it and he's serious yeah. about it. And it takes a while to get in that in crowd. And, and, um, Mark was somebody who I told Ralph about and said, "Hey, this guy really wants Egyptian tortoises. He has a couple, but he wants some from your bloodline and, you know, he's he's a great guy, like I said, good head on his shoulders." And that mattered to Ralph, so Ralph sold him some. Well, Ralph was able to actually spend a really good amount of time with him at T at the TPG conference, the TTPG conference. <laughs> And uh, they got to know each other really well, and then afterwards, Ralph was feeling like, "Wow, I really should have taken better care of this guy and, and given him a really good deal because, you know, I, I was—I gave him the opportunity to purchase because I'm very picky. I'm, I'm talking like I'm Ralph right now, but I probably should have given him the friend deal because this guy really ought to be a friend." And I think that's where you know, if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're into the the right species to connect to somebody, it's going to happen. I believe if you really are both around for a while and and you're doing things the right way, inevitably you're going to connect. But if you can actually get your butt there and have a conversation with the person, you can accelerate that partnership and friendship like exponentially.
2: Yeah. and, And for me, I sometimes feel bad, right? people be like oh would you like to work with this species i'm like oh no i can't really i have, I have too much on my plate but yeah that's a good problem to have
1: that's actually a great way to prove yourself too like yeah do we feel the pressure <laughs> to say yes to those yeah those inquiries but if yeah. you can say no yeah like you know, Ralph was just telling me about someone he tried to give free egyptians to and they said no and he's like who does that right now like everybody wants everyone wants egyptians particularly now yeah. but to be to say no right now i think says a lot about what type of keeper you are and you know it's we can't keep them all it's not pokemon yeah
2: and yeah. And, and, and and so We need we need more people that are dedicated in it for the long run. And yes, I totally agree with Anthony. This is the way to make those connections, right? Um, You can build trust in person so much more than you can over the internet. Um, You know, the next level up is talk to people on the phone. That's how you're really going to make a connection if you can't actually be physically present. uh, we do a lot of talking on the phone um, and make making these connections happen. And that's what it's all about. Finding people that are going to be passionate about the species that you are working with. And and so you can work together and you can a hundred percent trust that person.
0: The more people understand that tortoises freaking rock is going to be better for us like long-term. Yeah. And then, again, this that's what it draws back. And the people, I mean, I just, I'm not dogging on any other taxa, really. I'm just going to say that I, I really cherish the moments and the conversations I have with folks involved in turtles and tortoises more so a lot of times than, than other taxa. Because there's, a, there's usually a different goal. Um, like people, I, totally. you see it. You do see this but in, in, another, <laughs> in other reptiles. But it's, you see it way more often with colonians. You see people who are just determined to find a different bloodline. They're determined, like, like, no, I've had a couple of these, and I've bred them for a couple of years, and, and these offspring, I, I'm not going to bring them back to each other. Like, I need some new bloodline, and you do right. see that, but it's just far more common, because the goal is, like, like, the TTPG, Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group. I just realized, I don't know if I've said that all out, that's what TTPG is. Um, <laughs> if you are preserving, and I think a lot of people get caught up in the uh, conservation by commercialization, which... I, I don't really like that phrase. I do agree with preservation. We are preserving these these animals for absolutely without a doubt. Um, and it's, I just love it. I mean, you, I don't get that feeling from everything else. I get totally. it far more strong of an encouragement and then talking to you guys um, or anybody else that I can really connect with and, and talk about turtles and tortoises. It just, again, I didn't even go to TTPG and the juices are flowing now just listen nice. to uh, you guys talk. Like, uh, my turtles are right over there, just yeah. right over there. <laughs> just
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryan, I wonder, and, and uh, someone recently might have touched on this, and maybe it, may it, it wasn't even the podcast, Anthony, but it, the basic biology of turtles and tortoises is so different than lizards and snakes, right, that, you know, you have to be in it for a long time um, to work with turtles and tortoises, so you're not going to see a return on your investment for five to 10 years. I mean, look at Anthony and how long he's been working with spider tortoises, right? And this is the first year that you got a hatchling. So I just wonder if it's something about the basic biology that draws people to the animals that tend to be very patient and dedicated and passionate and more into the keeping uh, over the long term uh, than, you know, kind of a a quick, yeah, I can grow this snake up in in a year and in three years have uh, this brand new morph, a hundred of them and sell them for $10,000. It's just different.
1: I agree with that. I think, I do think there are some gateway situations that are a little bit different. Uh, Albino snapping turtles, morph sliders, diamondback terrapins, where people are a little more like they come into the turtle world that way. And those are more fan favorites that have more of a following than, than, than some other, you know, groups of animals. I'd say canixis is probably towards (laughs) the, probably towards the top of the bottom end, actually, because there's a lot of species that People really don't care about, like you know, African side necks, all the different species of pelusias out there, or, or snake neck turtles that, that don't get any love, and then species that even turtle experts don't even know exist, like some of the you know, unique Elsea and stuff like that, and, and different Australian turtles. So, uh, there's, there's definitely uh, kind of this um hierarchy of, of kind of species that go all the way up to those gateway species that people are really interested in. But I think that people come in and they work with those and they're like, well, I'm going to be a turtle person. I really like turtles. And then they realize, you know what, uh, the price on these morph things come down as soon as anything gets going. And, you know, if the value is not there or if it's taken me 10 years or eight years or 15 or 20 years to get the project going, like, is that really what I want to do? And that's where this is just a lot different than, than other animals. And I, I, I want to add one more thing too, if you don't mind, we were talking about um being dedicated to certain species and that's something that obviously always comes up and I, I know i mentioned jeremy at the beginning of this uh someone asked me so a really well respected uh veterinarian amazing person and i don't think he'd mind me mentioning his name but i'm not going to just in case but he asked me in front of a group which it was fun, it was all in good fun because i had mentioned jeremy when i uh accepted the award for charlie it was charlie's award that i gave a speech because charlie didn't want to come uh, I called you out, Charlie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I mentioned Jeremy and Ralph, and you know, there are people who are really, really dedicated, uh, you guys included. I- I'm not like that as much. I keep a lot of different species, um, and it's a challenge sometimes, and I tell myself, like, I, you know, if I pare it down a little bit, things might be a little easier, make a little more sense, but um, I'm successful nonetheless, but could that success look different if I was more, if I was like Jeremy, who was really, really focused and I brought him up. And so this, this person said, is Jeremy Thompson a thing. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, he's a thing. He's like, come on. He looks like he's in his 20s. Like, how much of a thing can Jeremy Thompson be? And I said, Jeremy is a freaking thing. Because if it's not for people like Jeremy who are getting out there and talking about the right way to do things. Then we're relying on the youtubers of the world, no offense, Tom, uh, to educate <laughs> that next generation who's coming up because I'm sorry, like as as amazing as as Bill McCord is, I'll just use him because he's a he's a personal friend and somebody who I look up to as much as anyone in the world. He's not putting out anything new right now that that well i mean besides obviously the stuff in the Badger monographs but that's not stuff that's getting to your to your average you know person who's reading reptiles magazine and deciding i'm going to be interested in turtles uh jeremy thompson is doing that by being on the animals at home co- podcast and talking about focusing in and talking about animal welfare and that sort of i was on the animals at home podcast and i told Dylan, the guy who runs it, I don't care about animal welfare as much as anyone else you're going to have on this. I'm probably the least interested in animal welfare. I want to make sure that eggs hatch. That's my, that is my one goal is to make sure there's more of these endangered turtles in the world. So if I could find something that works, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it at the biggest scale I can. And it's not to make money. It's to make sure that these animals, I very rarely, if I ever sell, I prefer to trade animals. But, uh, but anyway, Jeremy Thompson is a thing. And something that everyone should aspire to. But again, that like you know, Jeremy's stock rises when he's going to TTBG year in year out, talking about what he's passionate about, and other people end up becoming, you know, cheerleaders and supporters of that effort and that effort that you make, Tom. And uh, so it's it's that's what it's all about.
0: Very well said. Jeremy is one of those good people too. I just uh, was texting him about um, uh, you know the Man- the Malagasy hingeback. Um, i I really really want to get them in the states and zoos at least um so I was just texting him back and forth he's like this is too much texting let's call And we had just transitioned right into you know a half hour conversation on the phone while we were both driving home perfect timing um he's like one of those types of people and those those are good people to talk to but yeah, I would guess Jeremy's a thing Tom he's real. He's <laughs> the real deal. Uh, you know
2: what what Jeremy has is this uh, focus at a younger age than many people typically do, and that really is what sets him apart. I think I met Jeremy when he was 28, right? So. He and I have gone back and forth for four years, just geeking out about Connexus. At the same time I got back into Hingebacks, he had just gotten back into Hingebacks. I got in touch with Dave Mifsud in 2018, and Dave was like, uh, well, I'm in Africa looking for Hingebacks, and I've got this guy, Jeremy, with me. Uh, you need to talk to him when we get back. And from, from there, we just uh, strategized and, and really got into Hinchbacks and we're hatching them like crazy. So he's the real deal.
0: Gentlemen, we're, we're encroaching on that uh, hour mark. Um, what
1: about if we're like that, that, I'm bringing up Seinfeld again, that's embarrassing, but what if we're like that episode where they're on E and they just keep driving with the, with the car that they're taking for a test drive? <laughs> How long do you think we could make this go? Like a filibuster five hours, six hours before somebody has to eat or something.
0: Uh, I'm, I haven't had two cups of coffee since we've been sitting here. So I would imagine I might break first, um, unless there's like a can around here. I was going to say,
1: you can totally just like stare in can... our eyes
0: and pee. And just as long as
1: you're muted, we may not know what's going take on. Take care
0: of some. That can work. Yeah. That can work. <laughs> um, I think we've given our thoughts actually throughout this whole podcast of how important the TTPG is, and I'm realizing that it's just going to be redundant if I ask you to give me your give me your thoughts on TTPG. But um, I would ask you more or less more now as uh, things are normalizing, people are traveling more, people are going more places. How would you each love to see groups like the TTPG grow and increase in the coming years?
2: So we, Anthony and I talked about it a little bit. Is an East Coast meeting?
1: Hmm, wouldn't that be nice?
2: Perhaps be in the a lot sp- Perhaps in the spring, <laughs> or <laughs> perhaps think- every other year, or something like that. But um, now, just just an alternative, um, just uh, maybe get a little different user group uh, there, or, or some new blood uh, that just aren't able to travel to Phoenix. It costs a lot of money to fly to Arizona from the East Coast. Um, I could be somewhere in Pennsylvania in six days. Most people kind of in the Northeast could, could. sorry, six, I don't know, six hours.
1: Six hours. I assume that was six hours. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going by um, horseback.
2: Yeah, no. So we're, <laughs> we're going to have to do some editing there. Um, so uh, please I, don't. I can be... Uh, if you live in the Midwest or, or the Northeast, you can drive places and, and get there pretty quickly. So, I'd love for us to come up with uh, maybe just a meeting, a social gathering of East Coast turtle and tortoise people.
1: Yeah, I would love. Let's that, do honestly. it. Yeah, like right. Let's do it. it. Even if it was something small, the way I treat like my educational turtle talks that we do, like my wife and I, whatever. If I'm going somewhere and like three people show up, I am thrilled. Like three people just showed up to hear me talk about turtles. Are you kidding me? Uh, That's incredible, you know. But uh, I think something small that wouldn't take away from something like the TTPG, but just offer like a a cheaper, quicker, easier option for somebody who's from the Northeast. I think would be really nice. Um, So I'm, I'm. I'm talking to some people about that right now too. I think it'd be great, but we'll see. That doesn't mean anything. I'm very flaky as you probably know. So, but I I think in terms of TTVG two, just, just to throw it out there again, I, I kind of alluded to it, but I challenge everybody like when you go and, you know, I do this for myself, but when you go give a talk, Right? Like, like Ryan, you're a great speaker. Both of you guys have radio voices. Tom, I mean, did you talk when you went in 2019?
2: I've never spoken. Okay.
1: So you yeah. have to. There's yeah. no, there's no question. You have yeah. to, you guys both put yourselves out there. You're doing it with this right now. It can be a little bit scary when you think, like, oh my gosh, Dennis Yurig's in the crowd, Chris Hagan's in the crowd, Bill McCord's in the crowd. Like, what, what are they going to think about? Like, you know, what am I going to teach those people? But you'd be surprised actually. Uh, how, you know, they're into so much and they've been doing it such a long time you may have a new perspective or a new observation that they hadn't thought about. Um, there's, there's a lot that you there's so much that you guys have to offer and anyone else who's listening to this so when you go like try to give a talk, one of my favorite talks this year was Steven Safuentes who talked about Forston's tortoises and he just talked, here's what I did. And you could see his passion about it and how he's starting to move in that direction where he's worked with a lot of stuff and now he's going to really focus on those. That was a great talk. And, and, you know, he totally could have been like, Ah, oh, nobody wants to hear from me. I'm new and, and I haven't proven anything yet. Like, no, get up there and do it. And that new fresh Excitement does as much for the group, or more for the group, than anything. So, write for the badger. It's the best low-hanging fruit in terms of becoming a published writer in a in a in a magazine or or journal or whatever you want to call it. And make sure, if you can, get yourself on the speaker list because people want to hear you talk. And that's not that's you guys at the top of that list, but everybody who's listening to this as well.
0: Just got to break the seal and get out there and and just do it. Get involved.
1: you must have to go to the bathroom now to use that phrase. I'm good
0: for now. I know okay. that was a that was a pee reference, but uh, hold on, fellas. No, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> like, just kidding.
1: Just kidding. We're back.
0: And we're back. Yes. Um, excellent. Excellent. Is there anything else that you guys would want to make sure people understand? Or that was a terrible way to ask that question. Editing. Editing that one out. i I
1: can't wait i want to talk to you in a year or two and just hear how little you're editing because editing takes a lot of energy (laughs) and i edit nothing like at the end of my youtube days back 10 12 years ago i wasn't editing anything like here we go one take like jay-z just go right through the whole thing clip it i don't care how stupid i sound and now with the podcast and stuff like that, it's very similar. Like it, the, the things we used to say, Oh, we'll edit that out. And then we wouldn't edit it out because it ended up being really funny or whatever. Anyway, just go with
0: it. Yeah. We'll see. I'll, I'll listen to it before doing anything. When my wife and I were doing it, we did it up in the, in the living room and um, I had to edit there were yeah. Dogs and kids, Dog and, and kids, and like and I yeah. had to, but like Tom and I, our last one, I did almost no editing. I listened yeah. to it, and it's like, this is great. This right? is perfect. We rolled right through. Totally. I stumbled a little bit, but like it's, it's, it sounds like a conversation. Yeah. Right? You that's don't...
1: what you want, right? Yeah. The more you exactly. edit it, I think the less, the, the more you lose that. But I mean, you guys, like the, the I, I love, I should just also say, cause I haven't mentioned it yet. I love this podcast. Like I, I know that it's going through changes already kind of early on and everything, but like when, when you and your wife were doing it together, Melissa, right? Rebecca. Oh my God. Rebecca. That's what I said. Re, when you and Rebecca were doing it together, <laughs> I loved it. I, like um, I, I listened to every single episode and it was I wondered about because it was very curated and because you were doing the research for it, like that's a lot for me. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I know I wouldn't yep. be able to do as much as you guys did. Uh, and then when I heard you on with Thomas, OK, this makes sense. This sounds good, too. I like the direction this is going. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes uh, in the future and just know that you have a fan
0: man i appreciate that anthony um i definitely enjoy talking with tom and talked to tom now more in the last six months than i have um not including uh facebook messenger we have been talking for a while that way but i enjoy talking to to tom and i i thought we had a, a really nice rapport on our on our interview it was fun i had fun i didn't even i almost forgot we were recording anything i was just like oh it was just a good conversation so i'm excited to work with tom more moving forward uh rebecca will come back here and there she's just a Busy lady, I don't know how she yeah. found time to do the ones we did. To be quite honest, um I almost felt guilty using her right. time, but it was it was exciting. She definitely was on board. and It's always nice to have a little bit of support for someone who understands your passion, supports right. your passion, but isn't totally. necessarily that passionate, <laughs> right? And I'm from, so I'm from doing this. I, I love her to life. death, like, and she's awesome.
1: Shannon and I will. We say every single week we're going to record a podcast. We're going to record a podcast. And I think this calendar year, and obviously we're in December, (laughs) happy holidays, we're about to end the year. And I think we've recorded five this year, five in the whole year. And the year before, I feel like we got up near like 20. So things change. Your kids, you know, go into and out of phases as they're growing. The, The household dynamic can change at different times. And things, you know, with work and things like that can change. So it's really tough to, it's, it, it, it ebbs and flows, but it also just in general, even when you're getting a lot of, of recording done, it just, it's very difficult to actually nail down a time, make sure you both can be there when you're trying to run a household at the same time. So um, I think you and Tom will do great things. And then when Rebecca, not Melissa joins you again, I think that'll be a great dynamic too. That's awesome.
0: I can't believe I did it'll that. will be her I new nickname. No, it'll be her new nickname, not Melissa. I'm better than that. Why yeah. did I
1: think
0: that? <laughs> it's all right. Yikes. Yikes. Um, I'll be okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I needed to, I need, this is such a great creative outlet too, is to kind of share your passions. So I I dig it. I need to do more of it. Our goal was once a month. Obviously that didn't happen, but like you said, it doesn't take much for life to just punch you in the mouth for a little bit. Yep. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is that. And that's it. I gave you guys almost no notice. I I reached out to Anthony, um, what was that? Almost two weeks ago. That's like, hey, would you mind sharing? And then it just hit me like, okay, we need to get this on the books. Tom, what's your schedule? Anthony, what's your schedule? And we got it together within, shoot, like less than 48 hours or so. Not even. So um, great talking with you guys. Excellent people. Um, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. It always blows my mind that people want to spend time to talk to me. Uh, about turtles and tortoises so it's no time is money time is valuable um so i can't appreciate you both enough but uh yeah 2024 ttpg east right
1: <laughs> i like that i was gonna say no the next ttpg is 2023 yeah no. 20 2024 spring of time spring
2: of 2024
0: we'll make it happen we'll work with ttpg not against
2: yeah absolutely it's a complimentary uh get together
1: um, a field
2: me- a field meet up
0: satellite shindig yeah i dig it i dig it well that's what i'm calling it my own brain fellas i appreciate you tom thanks for giving up your sunday the browns are on right now
2: yeah so i I, saw I, your... I gave them up and wow. it was the best decision too. ever
0: <laughs> i would have too after this last off season no i back no, you I up
2: that's and you know what? I've had the lowest anxiety levels I have had in
1: decades.
0: <laughs> just eliminating
2: not. the NFL from my life. I can just be a more level person.
0: Good for you. <laughs> I do. I, I, I envy you. I can't. Not yet, at least. I don't oh, have many vices, so but this is one. Yeah. Been a fan since uh, Montana was there in 93. So
1: I remember those it's days. Stuck. Candlestick yeah. Park, right? Is that what it was
0: called? That was oh yeah it, when it, he was in the Niners yeah yeah Arrowhead yeah, it's Stadium it's, 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 has been your stadium for a long time Arrowhead
1: sorry Arrowhead
0: yeah, right yeah and I still haven't made the truck out we'll, I'll get it. out there at some point
1: I can't get anything right today
0: it's Sunday man it's all right it's you not know, it's,
1: no there's ahead. not an excuse my brain isn't working that's okay no.
0: that's okay next time I forgive I forgive you all
1: let me come uh, back no. and re- re- reprieve myself Le- uh, redeem myself maybe like. Uh, in a year, okay. We'll do this again. I hope or, so. Or, or next time, whatever works yeah. for you. I'm available.
0: Let's do it. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. As the fifth time, I thank you, but thank you so much. Hope you guys have a, a good rest of your Sunday. Um. Ciao. Later.